This message you're about to listen to was recorded live at the Redeemed Christian Church of God, the Throne Room Parish, Transcorp Hilton, Abuja. Be blessed as you listen. Living in the midst of offense. Living in the midst of what? Of offense. I'd like you to open your Bible with me to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18, I'd like to read verse 7. Matthew 18 verse 7. It said, Woe unto the world because of offenses. For it must needs be that offenses come. But woe to that man by whom the offense cometh. I realize that we live in a world where we cannot but be offended every moment. And you are not so perfect that you live your day without offending somebody. If our Bible says in the book of James, it says that anybody who can breathe his tongue and does not offend in words is a perfect person. I'm yet to see someone who is 100% perfect in word and has never offended. Bible says offense will surely come. You can't avoid it. Because what you assume or think you're doing right with a good intention is an offense to another person. What you put your heart to do with all sense of sincerity is an offense to another person. Life, every day, is an offense. Somebody wanted to get something. But because he had delay in, in getting fun to get it, somebody else stepped into it and got it earlier than him and he's offended. And he said, oh, Kai, if not, that money, money, money disappointed me. This is offended. I'll show you a few people in the scripture that were offended and how their situation is a lesson to us. We'll come to our practical life of offense. I realize that the greatest challenge every home is facing in Nigeria or all over the world is offense. What is the reason behind divorce? It's offense. I used to tell people that divorce is divided of voice. When the voice of husband and wife on a matter is not the same, it's divided of voice. Before a man can go to the law court and said, I like to serve my wife this letter, I want to serve my husband this letter, we need to part and quit this journey. It started with disagreement on a matter which I call divided of voice. Oh, my son is going to Concord School. No, my son is not going there, he's going to Mulero Secondary School. And uh, they said, no, 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 no. Don't you know the school the president's son went to? And the husband and wife are not agreeing on which school the son should go. It's a divided voice. Oh, for that party, this is the clothes I want you to wear. No, I'm not wearing that. I know then we are not going together. And forget it. It's divided voice. Have you had a case of a man and his wife who just got married and they were in their one week honeymoon? And the man was pressing the toothpaste from the middle. And the wife 
was insisting the, the, the paste must be pressed from the bottom. And the man said, who cares? All that matter is that the paste should come out. And the wife said, no, 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 that's not what the way I was brought up. You do things orderly, you do it neatly. And it became an argument. Divided a voice. Now, you see, I've discovered that in marriage, when husband and wife have issue, and probably later they, 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 they end up resolving it, and they have a good flashback of what actually generated the heat, they realize that they are just issues that others should not hear. Look at your marriage. Sometimes when you have hot arguments, and everybody go mute, there is a disconnection in network, Somebody turned to the, to the wall on the same bed. They slept overnight. Somebody turned in the direction of the wall. The other one that when the man is going to, to, to walk, the wife had prepared the breakfast, but just wrote a note on the, beside the, the breakfast. This is your meal. I go out. Now, they don't communicate again because of what? A divided voice. So offense is the bring behind every divorce. So if home will be healed, you must learn how to live in the midst of it. Now, let me check with you a few issues. I'll just summarize it because of time. You must have come through across a scripture in 1 Kings chapter 19, from verse 1 to 18, about Elijah. God wrote a great work through him. He, he challenged the prophet of Baal. They had a battle between who is God and who is not God. And he won. Then the news the following morning was from the, uh, what was it called? Jezebel. He said, Elijah, I've heard what you did to our prophet. And check this with me. I will deal with you. And Elijah was offended. Our, his offense was not against Jezebel now. Our, his offense was against God. And he felt God are not fair. If I have wrought this great work in your name, who is that woman now to start harassing and insulting me? I hoped for death. The reason why Elijah opted for death and quit living was because he expected God to silence Jezebel. And God permitted that woman to harass him. So, a man of God can be offended. So, don't take it again, Pastor, when they are offended. <laughs> because she, he was expecting that God, after doing such a great work, God will show that woman. But God's style and way of dealing with issues is different from ours. So the man felt so offended and he said, Lord, I don't want to leave again. Please take me away. Have you found yourself in situations where you get so humiliated and you get offended and you say, Lord, it's better to die or it's better to leave this place. It's better to pack out of Abuja than to continue to have this mess. I tell you, you don't need to do. But you need to understand why God permitted such. Have you also noticed that the elder brother of the prodigal son was offended. This young man felt my younger brother was callous, greedy, indisciplined, worldly, 
unruly. He went away with all my father's possession. Only to come back and be celebrated like somebody who has never gone anywhere. So he felt highly offended. Bible says as he came from the field, he had celebration in their house at a distance. He had a music. And he beckoned on one of the servants and said, what's going on in our house? Because when I left in the morning, there was, any, there was no traces of inviting any musician. I didn't see canopy. I didn't see anything. I didn't see eating. I, I didn't see any preparation for any, 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 any caterer. So what's happening? And I said, your brother who have gone suddenly appear and come back and your father is celebrating him and the young man was offended and said daddy this is not right this is not how to treat somebody who have messed up you need to show him that he's rejected and he's rejected forever how do some of us feel when God showed mercy to people that have misbehaved and they are living rotten life and God treated them as if they have not done anything wrong. Why are you offended? If you have to be that person. And you later saw that somebody felt offended that you are restored. And you are treated with fever and honor. How will you feel? So the elder brother of the prodigal son was not. And you know, I love the way the father came. He said, no, you don't need to feel this way. We've lost your brother. Does it do you any good that your brother is lost? Do you rejoice in his loss? Aren't you happy that he's restored? If, if the heart of the father is the same heart we carry, it doesn't matter who have derailed and gone astray. Their restoration should be our joy. So wherever you find yourself offended that somebody is making it right after you have messed up. You now felt, you know, the argument, the issue some of us go through is the fact that you who have waited and who have been consistent and probably you felt the person who have wasted his own time is catching up with you. But the truth of the matter is that he's not really catching up with you. He's meeting you at a greater level. Because those years he has wasted, each time he sit down and see the lost, he's also nursing guilt and condemnation. But somehow, we don't seem to see so deep because there is lack of love somewhere. Hallelujah. There is a story in Matthew chapter 20, verse 3 to 16. Matthew 23 to 16. The Bible says, the, a man who owns a vineyard went out one morning and saw some people by the roadside. They wanted to walk, but no one hired them. And he said, why are you guys staying on the road? Aren't you in need of work? He said, we want to walk, but nobody's hiring us. He said, go to my field. Then you'll be paid a penny after the work of the day. And they went. Bob said that was, I think that was first hour of the day. The third hour of the day, the man went out, saw some people. He asked them also to go the sixth hour, the ninth hour. He said, at the eleventh hour, he met some people and said, go in also. But those who he met at the 11th hour only did one hour job. And he, he said, call on all the laborers. Let me pay them. And Bible said, he started with those who, work, who came in last. So when he paid those who did one hour job, one penny. Bible says, those who started since money, 
pot within themselves that if you pay those who did the one hour job, ah, for some of us who did the 11 hour or 10 hours job, uh, our will be times 10, times 11. But they were shocked when he paid them the same thing. And Bible said they were offended. And they said, ah, why did you treat us this way? We that born, we that walk under the heat of the day, the sun rises over us, sets over us, and those who just came in one hour, you pay us the same. And the man responded, he said, what is my offense? It is my money. When you didn't have job, and you are staying by the road, do you ever have a hope of living? Do you ever thought of any anything today? Am I not? Am I not? Am I not merciful enough to have given you this job? And didn't we have an agreement? We agreed as well. So I can do what pleases me with my money, and I can pay anybody. You see, that scripture taught me a great lesson. I have a pastor under me in the province where God has called us to be PICP today. I just add that he left, he quitted his job. So when I find out, he said because he got the job, I think when it was with OND, some persons came in with their BSc. And over the years, the organization kept promoting those who came in with higher qualification than him. And he felt that he was the one doing bulk of the whole work. Those ones were just doing light work. And they were earning big pay. I said, if I have heard before he quitted, I will have told him not to. If he has judged himself right, he had no reason. Do you expect the same rate of promotion with your certificate as against those who came with a bigger certificate? Also, sometimes ago, when we were appointed, when this new office came up, some person felt they have also labored in our usage. They should be part of the people appointed as PICP, and they felt highly offended. So one day, I brought them to the scripture. I said, God chooses who he wants at whatever level. That you have been in that work for 15 years and somebody came in to work within 5 years is put over you. Do you know where it's also coming from? Do you know God's plan for his life? You don't need to be offended. It's a reality you have to face. God has time for everybody. And if for any reason God permitted you on one spot and some have a speed it may be that when he will move you once, it will be five times what people you are competing with and you are hugging with. So when people don't understand how God works, we get easily offended. I pray that God will heal us of every offense in the name of Jesus. Also, Esau was offended. Esau was offended that his younger brother played smart and played for one night against him. You know, the Bible told us that after the father has poured the old blessing on Isaac, sorry, Jacob, as soon as the young, young guy stepped out, Esau came in. And said, Father, please get up. This meal you asked for is here. And the father was shocked. He said, who is that? He said, I'm your son, Esau. He said, who then came in before you and have collected all the blessing? 
It was then it dawned on Esau that his brother came in to take the reason. And he pleaded with the father. I said, even if it is the remnant, pour it on me. I thought the father was okay, take. I was, I was disturbed when I hear Isaac said, sorry. He has been blessed. There's no way. In fact, he's already made your leader. He's already made your head. You will serve him. Ah! I think that's a... <laughs> oh my God. And Bible says, he saw purpose in his heart. After the death of our father, I will get this guy. That blessing thought he has gotten. I will kill him. He will never see the light of the day. He was offended. But the truth of the matter is, why didn't he get offended against himself for being greedy and lack of control? Why can't he be sincere for once to tell himself? When I look at our scripture, sometimes I, I, I narrate it this way. Let's assume that Esau didn't, didn't have his dinner the night before he ate the porridge of his younger brother. So let's assume that he went to the field to hunt with empty stomach. He came in with empty stomach. Excuse me. Absence of food of a day, 24 hours, does it make a man crazy? And you heard Esau said, I'm dying and you are talking of battery. What is battery to me? Give me food. Let me eat first. It's because the real thing why the Bible says God does not like Esau, even Romans chapter 9, was because he doesn't place correct value on things that are important. That's his error. He trivialized things that are very, very important. Things that are of greater value. He treated casual. He just stepped on it. He said, can you hear it? He said, what is right? Excuse me. Do you compare batrite with food? Food that you will eat two hours, you go to the toilet and you are hemmed. With a batrite of lifetime and your descendant will live with it. When a man does not have a correct proportion of correct value on things of life. So when his brother took it, he was offended. I think for me, it's not being, being, being correct. And sometimes, some of us fall, fall in such shoes. You get offended without having a deep thinking of where you actually miss it for which God permitted that play. That, that music to turn the other way against you. So God is willing to heal some soul this morning. And I pray the Lord will heal your heart in the name of Jesus. Uh, something happened some times ago. I, I, I know some of us who have visited Redemption Camp during uh, Holy Ghost service. A guy was serving in sanitation. And, um, you know, during the program, they carry this bulletin bag, uh, lie on around for people to drop um, some waste. And I think somebody probably mistakenly blew the nose and threw it. Instead of entering the nylon, he touches. And he got so violent and said, what kind of nonsense is that? Do you treat me that way? Is it because I do sanitation? Do you know who I am? Oh my God. Excuse me. Anybody who wants to do anything of that nature should be prepared for anything to happen. Because you must count the costs for anything you want to do. So if you are condescending to any level, 
you must know the, the, the demand attached to the sacrifice you're making. So that when such insults or people take you for granted or humiliate you, you receive it with joy. Because you're doing it joyfully. Nobody compels you to join sanitation. You could have served in any other unit. But for you to come to serve, you must know that that is the most humiliating, ridiculous department you can serve. It comes with insult. It comes with mess. And you must be ready to receive the mess. So many a times, we don't seem to be sincere. We don't seem to think deep. So our offense occasionally come from lack of deep thinking and good assessment of issues of life. I had very strongly in my spirit while I was praying this morning for this message as the Lord laid in my heart to share with you that there are ladies who are offended by so much they sow into the life of guys that have come into their life. And because those guys walked away, they are still nursing the offense. And the offense they are nursing is not creating door for another move of God. So I need God to enter you this morning and help you to put the past behind you because it's a season of harvest. Did you get me? It's a season of what? Offense will surely come. I came from a polygamous family. And I happens to be the first son. And my stepmother had four boys. The first of them happens to be the, the immediate after me. As we were growing up, anytime issue or call, I would hear my stepmother say, eh, she wouldn't come on for like by way. That after all, it's just one year older than you. Because to secondary school, my, st- my stepbrother still bedwets. So each time we wake up in the morning and they discover that he messed up, the next thing I will hear my stepmother say, eh, he has stopped, he has stopped bedwetting since two years old. You are still bedwetting till 11, 12. What's wrong with you? And so many of his utterances Reveal to us that she's offended that our own son was not the first one. In fact, sometimes my dad will buy something and will give her to give to us. Sometimes some things my dad brings at times may be material of different quality. She will make sure that the one that is best is for the son. Anytime we go for a break, because my mom was not living with us. Anytime we have break in school and we needed to go to my mom's place, by the time we're coming back after the holiday, we discovered that she has bought a lot of things for her children. She has taken them out to some places and they'll be giving us stories. And I said, ah, but why is this woman offended? So when I grew up and I know God, I said, ah, why is my stepmother offended? God has just chosen and decided who come first. Now, because of time, let me begin to talk about how do we handle offense. So, I want to tell you three things that is helpful in handling offense. Number one, you create excuses around people's action. So, I said to myself, my provincial pastor, my regional pastor must be busy. He may have some other issues he's also handling. 
I'm not, our province is not the only province. We have about 17 provinces under him. He has some other responsibility in the national. So I deliberately created an excuse for his action. And excuse me, except you do that regularly. Somebody look at you in one direction, in one way, and you say, ah, see how he's looking at me. And you get offended. Tell yourself, he may just, his eyes may be looking in my direction, his mind is not in my direction. Because that's the only way by which you can really relieve. You see, how you heal your own self by creating such thoughts. If you allow what people say and what the flesh tells you, you will harm yourself more. So you must create what? An excuse around people's action. Just build it and establish it. That's the first thing. Number two, let your love for people grow daily. Bible says, love covered multitude of sin. Either the sin that you have tendency to commit by being offended or the sin of the person that offended you. Then number three, either you are the one, if you are the one offended, be ready to say, ready to forgive. Let God help your capacity for tolerance and long suffering. Let God help you to develop your capacity for tolerance and for what? Long suffering. Then if you are the one who now offend and you realize somebody has been offended by your action or your utterance or your disposition, be willing and be humble enough to make peace. Don't be too proud and too arrogant and say, hey, after all, I didn't mean it and um, it's not my doing. It's just, no, 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 no. Don't, don't, don't give excuse to your action. The other person can create excuse for your action. But you are not to create an excuse for your own action. Rather, you are to make a way for peace. Because it could be your turn the other way. And don't always forget that whatever a man sow, he will reap. So if you're, if hurting people, if offending people is deliberate, by the time they will do it to you, it will be too much for you to bear. And finally, always conclude that offense is something you have to live with every day. So your husband can offend you, your children can offend you, your parent can offend you, your friend can offend you, your boss can offend you, your taxi driver can offend you. Anybody, neighbor, anybody can offend you. You must settle in your heart that offense is something we have to cope with and live with. Shall we rise to pray? I'd like you to talk to God this morning. I am particular about those who have been deeply offended and wounded. Your home may be a genuine one in that you are right, but those who offended you actually do you harm. You must be willing to forgive. You must be willing to let go such people in your heart so that your own breakthrough can come. You must free your heart from that wound and that pain because, you see, it's more painful when the person who offended you doesn't even know you offended you. Because when you're moving around, when you see him, you get grieved more. And he's still smiling and laughing. Ah, it's so painful. <laughs> you know, it's like a baby. 
with two teeth up, two teeth down. He bites the mother in the nipple of the breast, and the baby is still smiling to the mother. <laughs> it could be very painful. Can you relieve your heart of that stress, of that pain? Can you just talk to the Lord, Lord, from today help me to handle offense? I've been deeply wounded, but Lord, can you please? I need the balm of Gilead to clean this wound. Does your very close friend jilted you? Play along with your husband and someone you trusted so so badly bastard you. What are the offenses that you are trying to manage? I tell you, Jesus is ready to be at the top of them all. I'd like you to say, Lord, please come and help my wound. Help my wound, Lord. Heal my wound. Heal my wound, O oh Lord. Wherever I have been cheated, maltreated, Lord, heal my wound. Heal my wound. Please walk upon my heart this morning. Relieve me of this thing that is almost choking me. Do you know that each time you have a flashback on those moments that those things happen, it wearies you and makes you feel the pain the more. It looks as if somebody put needle in your body. Oh, the emotional pain is stronger than physical pain. Because people don't see it. When you grow, it's like the whole of your life is attached to it. I need you to be relieved this morning. I want you to talk to God. Lord, relieve me of all the wounds and the pain from offenses. You see, as you are trying to let go one offense, another one is coming. So it's what we live with. I'd like you to pray and say, Father, help me to live above offense. Lord, let the flood of your love, let it fill my life and help me to live above offense. In the morning, I know I'll be offended. In the afternoon, I'll be offended. In the evening, I'll be offended. But the grace to live above them all, please release to me. Lord, help me to live above offense. Please, if you are here this morning, I just have an assignment to one set of people. If you are here this morning, you are badly offended. And really dealing with it is a struggle. It's not a joke. I had God said to me that he wants me to pray for those. Says, you are badly offended. And the offense is still, you know quite well that you are not living healthy emotionally because those things are still heavy. I need you to raise up your hand. I want to pray with you. I need you to talk to God and I'll be praying with you. Lord, please come into my heart and take this burden off me. Please relieve me. Oh, I was cheated, deprived, manipulated. I was, my intelligence was placed upon. They took me for granted. They insulted me. But Lord, I leave it all to you. Please heal me. Heavenly Father, I want to commit your children, raising up their hands, even for those who are not risen yet they are still struggling with issue of offense. I ask this morning that the balm of Gilead will come to play. The rubbing off of these offenses in the name of Jesus. Lord, I ask that you visit the foundation, the root of those offenses and let it be removed in the name of Jesus. As many whose successes, their breakthroughs, their progress 
has been stagnant and have been held bound because of the fact they have not let go. I ask today the Lord of heaven as they let go, let their breakthrough follow. Let their deliverance follow. Let the change they've been expecting, let it follow. Lord, I ask for everyone here this morning the grace to live above offenses. Release to us in the name of Jesus. Lord, whenever the devil intends to cheat on us by making us to stay so long on offense and not to relieve ourselves, help us, O oh God, not to permit him in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, I ask that your spirit will move around this auditorium this morning. I ask for the wind of the Holy Spirit to move all across this hall. At the gallery, everywhere, Lord, let your spirit brood over your people. Let the yoke of offenses be broken. Lord, let love find its place in our hearts. Let forgiveness find its place in our hearts. Let sincerity and good sense of judgment let them find their place in our hearts. My Father, please let the healing you send into us, let it be real. Let it be permanent. Thank you, Heavenly Father. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. God bless you. We believe you have been blessed by this message. To download this message, please visit our podcast at The Throne Room on your handheld device or computer. For any inquiries, call 08087-000004 or visit the Life Center at number 20 Colorado Close off Dame Street, Maitama Abuja. You can also visit our website, www.rccgthroneroom.org. You are highly lifted, highly favored. Thank you.